Okay, so Facebook for researchers. Um, what people use Facebook for is a range of things. Um, or perhaps you're too intelligent not to use Facebook and without wanting to poke fun at my client base, uh, I think that lots of researchers are too intelligent to use Facebook. And I'm hoping that I can debunk some of those myths today, uh, as well as um, help you work out better ways to make use of um, Facebook for your research. If you want to connect with me on social media, I'd love if you did that. If you're not already connected on LinkedIn, that would be the best place to start. If you are connected on LinkedIn, Twitter or um, Instagram is another place that you might get some information from me, a little bit of different content on those channels as well. And if you're keen to see how I use Facebook, join my Facebook group. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about Facebook groups today as well. We are recording, so just bear that in mind. It'll go on my YouTube channel and on my podcast. Uh, so if you miss some content, you can know you'll be able to find it there. You'll get an email about that as well as a participant today. Um, so obviously be, bear in mind if you're sharing information uh, that might um, go live on YouTube, just bear that in mind when you're sharing. Open your mic to participate. That's going to be the best way you get value out of this. If you type in the chat, I probably will see it, but there's no guarantee that I will. Um, whereas if you open your mic and just talk, that's cool. Uh, open your video to talk as well. I really like to see your faces as I present. And like I said before, um, I'll probably get you to um, put thumbs up, etc. So that you're seeing that kind of information is useful to me too. We are time limited. I will finish exactly or before or on 1.15 today or in 45, roughly in 45 minutes. So know that don't worry about the um, going over time. Uh, and of course, that means that there might be things that we don't get to cover. Uh, and if that's the case, don't stress. Uh, you can get more information from me about Facebook or about a lot of social media stuff. And I'll put some information at the end of the presentation today about um, how you can get more info. I talk quick, quickly. Uh, so if that's a problem for you, uh, open your mic and say, Richard, you're just speaking a bit too quick and I'll do what I can to slow down or to repeat. If you're watching this or listening to this as a recording, use the, the fast forward, rewind and pause buttons judiciously. Uh, I'm happy for you to share any of this content that you see uh, fit to share in any way you see fit to share. The only thing that I ask you to do is to acknowledge me as the source by tagging me in, in a social post uh, or acknowledge the other source that might be um, presented in the, um, in the slide as well. And I'll, make, I'll try and make that as clear as I can as we go. My journey in terms of Facebook and research, I started out as a researcher. I think it, when this photo was taken, I don't think I had a Facebook account yet. Um, and then I um, exchanged my lab coat for a suit coat. And now I help researchers answer the question, what next? So in the context of today, that might be what next around um, social media. So I'd love to know a little bit about the social media accounts you have. So I've got a poll here. It'd be great if you could fill it out. Let me know what social media you're on. Good to see plenty of people on Facebook, given we're talking about Facebook. Uh, if you're on other, I'd love to know what other you're on. If you could type that into the chat, that'd be great. Tumblr. Nice. And just share the results there. So as you can see, everyone's on Facebook and then there's a smattering of everything else. LinkedIn is quite highly represented. 
with SearchGate and YouTube there as well. So pretty cool. Um, Telegram and WhatsApp. I'd love to know what Telegram is. I haven't heard of that before. Amid. So if you want to open your mic and let us all know what Telegram is, that'd be I'd love to hear. Uh, so just a little bit about um, social media in general. So if you've been in one of these presentations before, you would have seen these slides, but I think all of this is important for those who might not have seen it previously to know what is uh, what how the accounts are used. Um, so this is probably a little bit old data now, but you can see Facebook is by far and away the most popular social media. Um, oh, thanks, Hamid. Um, so for those that aren't looking at the chat, Telegram is a Russian social media messaging app similar to WhatsApp. Uh, so Facebook is by far and away the most popular platform. And I think this, is, this to me is the main reason why researchers should be using Facebook uh, to advance their research in whatever way works for them. Um, and you can see when we look at it in the US compared to, um, uh, so obviously this first slide is all users. This is um, the US Facebook information there. You can see um, how it breaks down for different age groups there. On the right-hand side, that's Australian data about social media usage in general from 2019. The report does not um, disambiguate the different social media channels. If YouTube is included as social media, you get a lot more users of YouTube than of Facebook. Um, and I've covered YouTube previously and I'll cover it again in probably in the next 12 months. Audience profile, this is from Hootsuite. Audience profile from Facebook, Instagram and Facebook Messenger. Uh, and this is related to Australian users. And you can see the vast majority, uh, well, not the vast majority, but a large number in the age bracket, uh, 25 to 34 year olds. Um, and you can see that um, there are more male users of social media than there are female users. So that's useful to know when, it, when you're trying to engage an audience, what your audience might be, the demographic breakdown of your audience. Um, and so we talked about this before in terms of, again, ages, and this is the growth of social media use over time. There's a left-hand panel is the growth of the use of um, social media in America. Uh, and you can see um, Facebook is kind of flatlined over several years, whereas other channels have continued to grow. Uh, the right-hand part of the diagram is Australian use. And so if you're on social media um, in Australia, 94% of people on social media use Facebook. Um, you can expect that if someone uses Facebook, they're highly likely to use other social media channels. Um, and this um information is from the united states and you can see that's the crossover uh between facebook and other channels um you can expect anyone who uses facebook to largely be using it on their mobile so you can see more than a half of the traffic to social media sites is via mobile so you need to make your content mobile friendly you need to make your content friendly for different locations where people check it. I've said this many times before, lots of people check their social media content at home, even if it is work related. Uh, and so you might need to create content that can be consumed at home. So that might mean um, warnings on images that might be um, graphic or not suitable for particular audiences. So there's not an inadvertent share. You might need to put subtitles so people can listen with or watch without sound and still get the content. Uh, and that probably goes for public transport as well. Um, and obviously work-related content, it depends on what you're showing. Um, 
then if we break it down in the home, this is Australian data. You can see we mostly lose it in the living and lounge room, sometimes in the bedroom. And I think about 80% of us lie and use it in the toilet, but just didn't say that we did. Um, if you're trying to engage small business, then the way to do that, or business in general, the way to do that is probably through the owners of those businesses rather than to engage with their pages because only about half of all small and medium businesses are on social media. That gets a bit higher when you go into large business, as you can see, 60%. But if you're trying to engage businesses, you need to think about um, businesses as run by people and therefore engage with the individuals who manage those businesses. Uh, in terms of growth, um, as you can see, Facebook showed no growth um, in audience um, it, for the quarter to the end of January 2019. I haven't seen more recent data. Uh, and that's mainly because you could expect that Facebook is essentially saturated. So gr growing audience might be difficult. Um, and there's some other channels here as well. I've talked about the data for these other channels mentioned here. Um, active users in Australia on Facebook, um, you can see that in the millions, I think that might be, no, that is Australia. So you can see 2.7 million there. So quite high. So you should be using Facebook. Um, that's Instagram growth. You can, so that should have been Facebook. There is no Facebook growth for this at this point. Um, because obviously it didn't have a, any growth. So <clears throat> um, so you can expect, if you use Facebook, you could expect an increase in citations and downloads, certainly a greater engagement with your journal articles. You could expect to find partners such as collaborators, et cetera, and find solutions to problems. You could engage with industry. You could translate your findings. You could engage participants, promote real researches, et cetera. So there's lots of reasons you might want to get on. And, and narrowing down why is an important part of this. So the first thing I think is important is knowing your audience, who you want to engage with. So um, who's answered or who has an answer to the question, um, what's my ideal follower like? If you want to type in or tell us what your ideal follower is like, who knows that for themselves? Researchers, practitioners and students in the same area as you. Yep, cool. So I think if we take Hamid's example there, my view would be to separate out each of those and fill out something like this for each of those people, each of the researchers, the practitioners and the students in the same area as you. So um, researchers and practitioners, I'm guessing they might be the same age, but students are probably younger than the researchers or the practitioners. Uh, the gender breakdown might be different. So I know that in health, for example, um, there's a skew towards female in terms of students and early pe in people early in their careers. And then as um, people's age or people get older and uh, other life events happen, and I guess the structure of our society, rightly or wrongly, ultimately means that there's a reduction of women in the more senior roles in, in healthcare and in academia. So that might change as well. Um, location. So 
the same area could, you know, I read that to mean the same discipline area, but it could be the geographic area. So knowing the geographic area you want to engage with is important as well, particularly for, for all social media, because it is so international, knowing that you might want to limit the location is useful. Knowing the profession, um, if you're interested in engaging certain people, knowing their relationship status um, might be important as well. Um, so lots of different things. Um, has anyone got, you know, has, could anyone answer all of these questions for their, um, for their follower or like their ideal people that they want to engage with? And would anyone like to share or be happy to share those things? No problem. Happy to answer any questions you might have about doing this and why you might include some of this information as well. Does anyone want any help with any of that? I presume it's pretty straightforward. Awesome. Um, so in terms of the content, content should that you share should relate to the preferences of your audience, which we talked about before, the content type that you have access to and your preferences. So there's no point creating a bunch of, or intending to create a bunch of video content where you're in front of a camera when you don't like yourself on camera or you can't push through that difficulty. Um, there's no point creating a bunch of audio content if you don't like the sound of your own voice. Uh, so, you know, choose some, some content and set up your strategy based on what it is that you'd like to do. In terms of why I think Facebook, uh, like I said before, it's popular, it's visual, there's lots of, um, you know, video content and visual content in general um, does far better than text only. So if you're keen to share your research results, I would be sharing them in the form of videos or pictures rather than just typing up, here's an awesome paper that I just published. Um, the bad, obviously there's trolls, it can feel commodified, it lacks purpose and not a lot of people have an issue with mixing their friends and their work. Um, so there's some of the things that you might find useful there. Success, use of hashtags and um, use of um, groups and um, pages, which are kind of like business pages is a useful way. And I'll go into some of those um, uh, settings shortly. Um, this is taken from my book around engaging with industry. And this is just a quick summary of why you might use Facebook to engage with industry as well. If you're interested in seeing more about using social media to engage with industry, I can send you a copy of my book and there'll be an opportunity to request a copy if that's of interest to you um, later. Um, so I think if you're doing having conversations with people as part of your research, so perhaps collecting data with them, sharing data with practitioners, as someone typed in the chat, I think, Facebook is one of the best ways to do this. And you can do that using your own group or joining existing groups, or you could even create a company page to do that. Um, so let's go through what I think you should do on your Facebook page itself. So this is my profile page. I think on Facebook, um, if you set up a page for as an individual and you want to set it up just for your research, research work, or your work in general, I'm happy for people to have two accounts, a work one and a non-work one. So for your work one, I would, depending on the nature of your work, I would encourage pretty much everyone to have a good profile picture, a professional style picture, and then your background picture should show you doing something that is work related. 
the exception might be kinds of roles or activities where if someone could identify you, that might pose a danger to you. And certainly people that work in the psychology, psychiatry field have got these issues to deal with regularly. Um, if you're working or if you're intending to share information about controversial research, then you might find being identifiable is not something that you want to do. Um, so, you know, things become increasingly controversial these days. Um, but animal research traditionally has been controversial as well. So those kinds of things, you might either decide in your strategy not to discuss those things at all, or to, if you're going to discuss them, you might decide you want to use a pseudonym. Um, and then you can see here that I've got like a byline about myself as it relates to work. And so you might decide to do the same thing. Um, it basically sells, um, I help researchers make the most of their training in their career. Um, and so you might put something in that it's very similar about your work. In terms of the anatomy of a, your Facebook page, there are stories. I assume everyone knows what a story is, but basically that's temporary content. And that might be useful to put some of your more controversial stuff because it disappears. I have a question about that account. Go ask away, Hamid. Hamid. Thanks, Richard. So my question is, I have always this dilemma because you create a Facebook account, some family and friends join, and then two work people from work also join the account, yeah. you know, and then especially if you are, you know, from a non-English speaking country, then you have people who speak one language and then yes. some colleagues who speak like English and you, you always wondering who am I on that account? Should I use it for work? Because it's not related to a lot of people like family and friends. If I'm talking about my life, then it's not, has nothing to do with the work. So do yeah. you actually suggest that you have a separate account just for the work? I personally don't. But I've decided that I don't want to use my Facebook account for personal stuff. Um, but I know people who have set up two accounts, one for work and one for personal. And if we go back to the, um, to the you know, who is your ideal follower or who is your ideal friend in the case of Facebook, you might decide to put in to including that the their native language or the language that they like to receive information in. And that might help you set up a page that is Hamid the researcher versus Hamid the um, the rest of my life. It's entirely up to you. Um, like I said, I know people that do both. And so if, if a family member tries to connect with your work account, you might just write them a message and say, oh, if, you know, we're already connected in my, you know, my personal account. Um, are you sure you want to connect with me on work stuff? And same if the other way around. If someone found you as a, your family account, and you wanted that just, you know, they're a work colleague, you might tell them the same thing. Oh, this is my family account. The, the content's probably not going to be relevant to you. Um, Thanks. Yeah. Having said that, I would also say having your parts of your personal life available to your work colleagues, or particularly the people that you might want to collaborate with, the currently people that you don't know that well, is a useful way of creating connection and engendering um, perhaps a way of them to like you and work with you. So there, there are advantages to sharing personal um, information in your, what otherwise might be your work account. Um, so everyone knows about stories, I presume. And, you know, like I said, that's a good way of sharing content that you don't want to exist for a long period of time. Um, you can share long form content. 
Uh, and some of the stuff that Facebook now allows you to do, if you have a, a certified page and it's a certified website with Facebook, then you can share a blog URL in this um, way. And then when a Facebook user goes to read your blog, it'll actually load the content as if it's a Facebook page. I'm sure you've all experienced reading content in Facebook that you're pretty certain isn't Facebook. Um, and that just means that the load times are quicker and the access to the content is quicker, which means um, arguably stronger and better engagement rather than having people leave Facebook to go to, um, let's say, um, a journal site, or um, if you've got a blog page, back to your blog on your website, you might actually want that. But then if they can view everything in, in their feed, that might be better or a stronger interaction for you. Um, I haven't encountered any limits on what you can type into this. You can do quite long posts. So, you know, if you want to put in a blog into Facebook, that's a good way to go. Um, it's really cool that you can put in a YouTube link and it will run the video natively. Uh, obviously, you can record video, you can record content, etc. All, all that's useful there. Um, then top right you've got things like you know messenger and notifications and obviously communicating on messenger one of the good things about facebook if you've got a page so a business account you can actually set up bots to respond to questions and so the bot can be rather rudimentary and just says thanks for your message i'll get back to you kind of like a, an answering machine um, or it can be more sophisticated if you've got access to that kind of technology and that kind of support um, you know software as a service where you can have decision trees and keyword-based um, approaches to um, the way you interact with people on Messenger. Um, then you've got access to various groups. And I think this is the most useful part of Facebook for researchers. So they're my groups that are, some of my groups that are highlighted there um, and how you can get access to or look for other groups and other people. Um, so when I click on groups, here are some of the groups that I'm part of. And I think these groups are probably worth some of you having a look at and seeing whether there's an equivalent group for, um, for your entity. So there's a, um, a Monash biochemistry PhD student group that I work with at times. There's an early career and PhD group where if you're a teacher as well as in, in those fields, uh, sorry, if you're as well as being a parent in those fields, um, there's doctoral research scholars, there's early career neuroscience um, researchers. So there's most likely going to be a group that might relate to your specific area of um, research interest that is probably worth joining. It'll be a good place to find out um, the experiences of similar people in your network. So you can see there's a group there that's all about early career researchers at La Trobe. There's um, older, wiser learners. Um, thought leaders isn't really relevant, then I'm doing a journal writing thing at the moment based on this book, which is writing your journal article in 12 weeks. So that's, there's got its own Facebook group as well um, for the managed by the author. You've got researchers who consult, there's PhD support groups, there's all kinds of groups that are probably um, useful for you to join. So in terms of creating your own group, um, or fi sorry, finding groups. So you can see up here, I've typed in a top left biochemistry and molecular biology. And these are all of the results that are returned there. I use that search term because that's what I'm familiar with, but you might put other search terms in. Um, so for example, if we go with heart disease and we limit our search just to groups, which is what I've done here. Um, so you can see there's, um, there's aortic disease awareness day group, um, 
there's various professionals, there's heart surgery groups, um, there's discussion forums. So if you have a research term that you're interested in, I strongly encourage you to put that into the search there and see whether you can find groups that relate to that. Here's another list of pages now. So that rather than um, groups, pages are, like I said, more like business accounts. And you can see these are different pages related to acquired brain injury. So I'd suggest you know you type in here and see what you get. Is anyone a member of a group related to work? And if you are, how does that go for you? Um, I am kind of, so I'm a medical librarian and yeah. there's a really great Facebook group called the Nurse Path, which is um, kind of professional development for learning for nurses. Yes. Um, that my cousin who is a nurse invited me to, and it's been really, really interesting for me. I don't contribute much because I'm yeah. not a nurse, but knowing what issues nurses have uh, mean that I can help them better in my job. Awesome. So I, I really like the way you put that, um, Alana, that knowing the issues that they have can help me perform better in my job. So if you're, let's say you're trying to engage with an industry partner who is in a particular sector, joining a group related to that partner or related to that sector might give you a really good understanding of the issues that they face. And therefore, if you had a meeting with them, uh, the issues that you could raise and ask them about and ask them that they might need help with. And then you would already know that those issues are probably going to be issues for them. And then you could potentially say, well, here's my solution because you've had a chance to think about it. And it shows you're more informed and engaged in, in their area. Um, cool. Thanks for sharing, Alain. Um, so how do you create pages or groups? It's not that difficult. So if you go to your usual home screen that you might have you know, off your individual page, hit that plus button, you get a drop-down list that looks like this, and then choose either a page, like I said, which is a, a business page. Um, so it, the, the way you can um, interact with other people as a page is a bit different, um, people have to choose to follow you as a page. You can't go and create, um, follow other, you can like pages, but you can't go and, you know, be friends with people if that makes sense. So if you decide to create a page as your um, business profile, uh, then you might have some difficulties. It won't perform exactly like an individual Facebook account. Um, and then obviously you can click on group to set up the group. If you click on page, this is the next lot of information that you'll see. So you'll need a name, um, you'll need to have some kind of description, you'll need some nice pictures. So if you're gonna choose a page and set it up in the name of your research group, then you might choose some photos that relate to the kind of research you conduct or some interesting findings. Um, and faces work better in general in pictures than not having faces. If you can include your own face, that's really good. Um, and then all the required fields are listed on the left-hand side there. And it's up to you, obviously, how you make use of all of that information. Um, if you click on group, this is what the group looks like. So very similar, except you don't get to have a profile picture associated with the group. You just get to um, have a background image that you might be able to change. And then you can create the different purpose, different entry requirements, etc. Um, and I'll run you through both the group and the what it looks like once you've set them up as well. Has anyone set up a group or a page for um, themselves or for their research lab or anything like that? No? Yes? No? Okay. 
Um, well, so how a group looks once you've set it up. So this is my group. Uh, when you come in as an admin, I see all of these tools down the side. I set up a friend page, but need to change it. Cool. Um, uh, so this is the information you see on the left-hand side as you log in um, to the uh, group, manage to, managing the group page. And these are all the different settings. So um, you can set things up. So when members ask to join, they're automatically approved, depending on how you want to set up your group, that might be a really useful feature to you, particularly if you expect to get a lot of member requests. Um, membership questions are a really good way of vetting potential entrance into your group. I have questions for people to join my group and how people answer them won't necessarily make me reject someone, but it might encourage me to ask them more questions um, before I allow them into the group. You can um, manage posts as well. You can set up rules around that. You can set up post topics. So if you have a, a, a group that is your research lab, you might have different topics relating to the research themes that you have. Um, if you have a group related to a particular disease state that you might be interested in, you might have topics that relate to treatment, diagnosis, support groups, whatever it might be. Um, the good thing about groups is you can schedule posts so that you can like let's spend you know an hour scheduling a whole bunch of posts that might go out across a series of days or weeks, which can mean that you don't have to spend you know lots of time every day on Facebook. You could spend a chunk of time once a week. You can set group rules, which is really useful, and you can do videos that help with rules as well. And I've seen people do that, and I've got a plan to do that for my page as well. Um, members can report content, obviously, and that's where that lives. Um, you can set up keywords alerts to, you know, um, let you know about content that you might either want to pay attention to because you think you can respond to that content and be helpful, or you might want to set up keyword alerts that can prevent people or you can moderate the comments if you think it's getting out of hand or inappropriate. Um, and then you can measure insights like who's engaged, who's engaged strongly. Um, and that might be, let's say you want to have, you know, participants in your research, someone who's highly engaged in your Facebook group might be a good place to start to ask them to join a research project or become a research participant. Or who knows, it might even, you might even ask them to come and do a PhD in your lab at some point. Um, and then you can set up multiple um, admins and moderators. So you could just theoretically, uh, if it was a page that, sorry, if it was a group related to um, a disease state, your lab might manage, your, all your different lab members might be admins and moderators, and you might allow anyone from across the world to join because you're keen to engage everyone that you can. Then once you've set up all the different things, you'll see, you know, this menu option here that's, covered by the yellow box. So it starts off in the discussion, which is kind of the general feed as it would appear for the entire group. Um, then the about section is what you've filled in um, relative to the group and what your group is about. Um, obviously the request or offer help, I've skipped over that, but you can ask that in the group. Now with the growth of, um, with the growth of Zoom and working remotely, you can now set up chat rooms that will immediately create a room that you can chat with people via video. Obviously, there's a membership list. Won't show you that because I don't want to, you know, breach anyone's privacy there. Um, you can schedule events as part of your group that the group gets notified about, which is a useful way of engaging people as well. And then media and files are just the media and files that you've uploaded to the group. 
Um, yeah, so that's basically everything that you might want to use to start with a group. Are there any questions about groups that people want to know the answer to? No? Cool. Okay, so how a page looks. So like I said, this is called a page, but it's, I guess it, I think of this as a business Facebook account. Um, uh, so when you once you've created your page, you'll get this. Um, and so you can see I've highlighted on the services area. Um, and so these are the different services that um, I offered. Um, and the you can add more services. So you might choose to put services in that might relate to recruiting participants to a project, for example. Um, one of the things that you might notice is this is called Raven Consulting Group, which is what I was called when I set this um, page up. Uh, this page is no longer live. One of the problems that I've had as a result of the name change to now being called Dr. Richard Heisman's Proprietary Limited is that Facebook thinks Raven Consulting Group and my new business are too different for the name change of the group to go through. So now I'm going to have to go through the process of setting up a new um, page for my business and then encourage all the people who currently follow Raven Consulting Group to go and then follow my, my new page. So just be mindful if you're changing names that that might happen to you. Um, in terms of um, what you can do on a page that you can't might not be able to do in a group, there's useful stuff around jobs. So if you're looking to hire people, you can put that into your group. Um, you can put a, a mailing list. So if you've got a newsletter relating to your um, page, you can make a, a link there as well. Um, so that's quite useful if you want to send stuff out. But you can do more things in relation to ads. If you're interested in paying for um, attention, then you can set up ads and your, um, your company page will be how that is managed. You can set up a shop to allow people to buy stuff directly off your Facebook page. Um, obviously, there's an inbox as well for messages and whatnot. Again, you can do some automation, which is really cool for that as well if you've got some of the tools that support that. Um, how many people can you have as admin and moderators for your group? I'm not sure what the maximum is, um, but I think a fair few. I, I know groups where a large number of people are admin and moderators because we all want to be able to share and do everything in them. So I've, I've created groups of 20 people where everyone is a moderator. So I don't know what the max is, but 20 out of 20 is what I've seen happen. Um, yep, like I said, you can manage your jobs. You can get insights into how people are interacting with your content, which is really useful in terms of knowing uh, what content gets more clicks, more likes, et cetera, which can help manage in your strategy. Um, and like with groups, you can also have events as well. And that's what the events page looks like. If you want to put new events in and then people can add those events, you can add subscribe buttons, you can add reminder buttons. I'm not sure if you ever said that you're attending a Facebook event. And we all know that when you attend a Facebook event, that really means you're thinking about it. And if you say you're thinking about it, that means you're probably not going to go. And if you say no, you've made the decision to say no, but you can manage who's attended, you can contact attendees, etc. And obviously, when you log in as an individual, having said yes, you'll go to this event, you'll get a reminder about that event. So it's a useful way of sending out reminders, etc. Any questions about setting up a page on Facebook, or a business page? No? Cool. 
what is good um i have a research project in indonesia whatsapp is very popular there will you be doing a webinar on whatsapp i haven't got one planned alexander but i can definitely put it into the pipeline no problem um what is good content so content needs to be within the rules obviously accessible so i talked before about putting subtitles on videos um, that's really important it makes it accessible for a lot more people uh, as well as accessible for people who might have um, difficulties hearing etc um, we all know or i'm not sure if you are aware but pictures and video do much better than just text on its own um, using references in in this um, context in the context of research and researchers is really important um, they like to see evidence in the post if you're doing stuff that might look like opinion. Um, asking questions is a good way of engaging people in your content and having then if you ask a question and have people respond to the question in the thread or in the post, then those kinds of posts then get promoted more highly and then you get to see more people and it's all um, a um, virtuous cycle, I guess you could say. Um, content that is appropriate. So what I mean by that is um, that it, you know, it meets all of the various requirements around, you know, privacy, etc. Um, just be mindful of those issues. Uh, and you, obviously, with anything on social media, it lives mostly forever. There's exceptions, like I said, with stories, but mostly it lives forever. So just be mindful of that, um, and be mindful that some stuff might not be able to be removed. Um, Tagging people in places is a good way of increasing engagement and increasing the shareability and likability. Um, anything that is easy to share is good content as well so that other people can engage with it and get to a wider audience. Um, so easy to share might mean that it's relatively short, that it's um, concise. Um, you might've seen the acronym TLDR, too long, um, didn't read. Or, um, or don't read, you can put summaries in, which is a really useful way of increasing the shareability of content. I've seen really good content get summarized into one paragraph and that one paragraph summary is what gets shared, not the massive thing. Uh, metrics show that people only watch the first few seconds of a video. Is that common or does it depend on the video style? Yeah, on our FB page, I don't mean general metrics yet. So um, lots of people bounce. So clearly, so if you think about your video, um, if you're not engaging me in the first four seconds, I'm probably going to leave. So if my video says, hi there, welcome to my video about doing Facebook. Today, we're going to discuss Facebook. I hope you enjoy Facebook. Then people go, well, you still haven't talked to me about my content yet. So I'm going to leave because I haven't got there yet. Whereas if you say, Facebook is great for researchers, but we spend too much time talking about our food on Facebook, then you might find that straight away I've got into what you promised in the video. So think about what's happening in those first four seconds. That happens on almost any channel, um, YouTube as well. You'll see the same thing. People bounce early. Um, if let's say you want to get people to have a, a watch of a longer video and you can't avoid some of the issues I said where the early content is not engaging enough to keep them on what you might do in the post that shares the video or that describes the video that says, you know, skip to and put a timestamp. And then that'll allow people to skip straight to the content that is, that is useful. And that might be a better way of keeping people watching your video longer. Um, so Alison, I hope that helps.
um, problems uh, with Facebook and this is social media in general. So bullying and harassment is more likely to happen to people in regional areas. And I have no idea why that is the case um, for Metro versus regional, but it, it happens on social media as well. Like I said before, controversial topics, being in a marginal group uh, are all reasons why you might have trouble on social media. So just be mindful of that. I don't, I don't like the fact that being in a marginal group, it means that you're more likely to have problems on social media, but um, that is the truth. And I guess as a person in a big group, you know, middle-aged white men, I hope that I do my bit to call out these things as and when they occur and to raise people's awareness of um, the potential for conscious and unconscious bias, racism, sexism, etc. Um, are there any problems that people face with their Facebook activities that they want to raise here or discuss here or ask about here? No. Cool. So how can you make use of all of this information? The first thing is to, you know, when you leave the workshop, take action. So write your strategy, think about making posts or make them follow other people, but most importantly, notify people. What, what I see most with researchers is they have social media, but they don't tell anyone about it. So it's not in their, they have a group or whatever, and it's not in their email um, signature. They don't mention it when they talk to people, etc. cetera. Uh, where is the data stored? I understood Facebook is a serious problem when it comes to copyright and IP matters, and this has not been resolved. Yeah, well, I think def you, <laughs> the data is Facebook's. Once you post it onto Facebook, that Facebook essentially owns the data, but that doesn't mean if you post a publication that they own the publication that you post, but it means that if you put original content onto Facebook, I think a lot of that has been um, considered a large portion of that is Facebook and Facebook basically reserved the right to share your information. So just be mindful about that. But you're, but if, if you post something that someone else owns the copyright to already, let's say, like I said, a journal article, then they still own that. The, and most Facebook content is stored in data centers around the world. So they don't think that there's anything that says, Australian Facebook user data has to be stored in Australia. Um, like I said, use it. Original content is really good. I mean, as far as I know, we cannot do a webinar on WhatsApp yet. The maximum participant number for a video call on WhatsApp is eight people. Oh, I meet for a webinar. Yeah, cool. Um, make sure you connect, check it regularly and respond to messages. I think a lot of researchers make the... Um, mistake of not using the not responding to messages quick enough which can reduce your engagement reduce the number of people who might be interested in your content because um, that kind of says in your metrics to other people how long you take to um Yeah, I agree that I, I don't think it's without authorization. I think if you have a look at the, so John's just said about other people's content. So if you have a look at like a journal article, it's quite happy for you to share it. You know, there are share buttons on the journal article website. Um, so, you know, they're quite happy for you to share it. If you shared, like, let's say you downloaded a PDF behind, um, a, behind a paywall and then shared what would otherwise be behind a paywall PDF on 
Facebook, then you're probably breaching copyright without a doubt. But that's, you know, that would be the same as if you downloaded the article and shared it with a friend of yours who doesn't have access um, to that paid site. So it's the same deal. Um, so we've reached our time. If you're interested in more um, content or more information, um, feel free to respond to this poll. Responding to the poll doesn't mean that you have to have this information. It means that, or have to buy a program or anything like that. Uh, it just means that I will um, send you some information about the programs that you might be interested in um, or that might be of value to you. Um, thanks very much for your time. Time is valuable. Um, I've gone over time, which isn't great. I'll leave the poll open for a little bit and I'll leave this open for a little bit. If you want to ask a question, uh, feel free to ask while I wait online here. If you want to leave to go to your next meeting or have some lunch, go do that too. Thanks everyone for your time. No, you can't migrate and already set up Facebook um, group to a page or like so if you're as a individual you can't migrate that content to a page or a group that's it so that's the problem that i'm facing you can't migrate group content from one to the other you need to ask for a name change you need to talk to facebook about doing that and they might say no cool thanks everyone i'll maybe see you next week bye